0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Abdullah, owner of a fitness app in Lansing, Michigan. How are you today, sir?
2: How you doing? So pretty good, Parker.
1: Uh, doing, doing pretty awesome today. Happy to have you. Can't wait to find out more about you, the facility, and what you're doing out there. So why don't you run it down for us? Tell us about the gym, what services you provide, and and how you're affecting your community.
2: You know, we, I mean, we do a lot of things, two as far as like charities, but our main focus is helping people, you know, tame goals and change people's lives through, you know, fitness and getting them in more of a condition. You know routine instead of you know diet or drastic change in their life you know we want to take one thing out add one thing in you know and it first it usually starts with most people just got to have you know faith in themselves to be able to move to whatever direction that they want to move into you know
1: yeah so that's you definitely um you hit the nail on the head right off the bat coming with some with a, a real real strong point man and and you, you jumped right from the services you offer to what you're really at the core of things. And I think um, what we hear a lot is helping people have some confidence, seeing things in people that they might not see in themselves, having that faith, having, having some type of, of drive from the outside that shows them the way. So while you can facilitate it with a bunch of different programs, within your four walls and externally, remotely, however it may be, it sounds like your main goal is just, is taking the person and figuring out how you can help get them to be where they want to be.
2: hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it's like anything, but like it starts with small goals, which lead to the main goal, you know? So you got a lot of kids, like basically the last 15 out of the 20 kids that just came to my gym within the last three months, they're all flat foot kids, okay? And a lot of people don't even understand the difference between a flat foot kid and a kid that isn't that flat foot. You know, one with the knees knocked in, you know, and the whole hip structure, you know, you can't train that kid like he's everybody else with the natural arch in his feet that's naturally bouncy, especially if he's got to play sports like soccer, football, basketball, tennis, that require you to be on the balls of your feet. He's got to get to that process first. So I got a lot of these kids that's coming in can't no one help these kids you know now they're in eighth grade ninth grade tenth grade and we got to break them down to almost the beginning you know teach them you know why you're different and why we got to train you different and it's okay you know now let's believe in ourselves that there's no different from us and now we just didn't know that we had to be trained different so now we're gonna start with like training their foot, getting them to be able to pop up quicker and then move, but having consciously in their head where they're already on their balls of their feet instead of someone that's naturally there. So it's now it starts just thought process, you know, and that's just goes from someone that starts off benching the bar to moving to 225. If they never can believe that failure is the only option of getting to get 225, they'll never start. They'll quit before it starts because they don't wanna fail, you know? This is the process when you come to owning gyms. To me, it always starts with, okay, I don't necessarily want to have a lot of clients, but I want to have a lot of dedicated clients that fully understand what we're going after. I don't want my clients to be with me for two and four and five years, especially if they're younger. We want to get them to the point, then we want to move them into this next phase where now, like you said, they can come to the gym on their own, they're working on their own program. They believe in the program. They believe in themselves. Now they move to a new phase. We can start working more with the one-on-one kids to get them to this next phase. We're now in, like I told you, there's an atmosphere with a bunch of D1 kids and a bunch of kids that want to go D1. It's hard to walk into that gym at 530 in the morning and kind of be messing around. I don't even have to yell at these kids. The, the environment yells at them. You know, now he's like, we're coming to train with You know, they got they got wall they got Mason Dox. You know, these kids are there. These kids are going D1. These are top kids in the area. It's not just at specific sports. But now you got some girl over here, she's a D1 athlete. You got his daughters, they're all, you understand? So now it's like, if I'm coming here, it's the expectation or the kids, some kids shy away from it. But then I have to build them up and then they move into the environment. So it always come to me as well, you know, I wasn't, my gym completely had a complete makeover pre-COVID from post-COVID, and now, guess what, I wouldn't did majority of the things I did, but at the same time, COVID gave me a time to reflect, observe some of the things that I did, believe that, okay, you know, I'm not as good in this phase as I am, let me get some help. It's hard for anybody, especially when you're an egotistic type of person, like gym owners. They all think they're the best, and it's hard to relinquish, you know, uh, confidence in in yourself, even if you're doing a bad job, and that's what I had to do. So then I made a few changes, and then, you know, that might lose a few people, but at the same time, when it comes down to what you believe in, number one, okay, and what you have confidence in, it's like the dream, you build it, they will come, especially if you build it right and you treat people right. You know, that was my main focus, to get better at that. you know, believing in my own self and then helping other people see the better vision of themselves. Because a lot of these folks say, you know what, you might not ever run faster. And I've got to tell them, listen, that person's perspective of you cannot be your own reality of yourself. And now, a lot of people said, dude, do you get exhausted with that? You got over 200 clients that you see every week. I see 60 people a day. Guess what? It's okay. Four, probably 40 of these people, you know, have just moved into training with me. You know what I mean? And 20 people might just be getting assessments. I'm giving all of these people the same love as far as moving forward. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if you pay paying me for a group fitness session or you're paying $75 an hour. You're getting the same passion and love do it get exhausted? Yes. Only when you have to force people to believe in themselves. That's when they get exhausted. You know what I mean? I might tear a chair up just so I don't like, no, I'm being serious or break a desk just to get a kid say, listen, man, I believe you can do it. You just got to believe you can do it now. And then once they let go of that fear, they always get it, man. Then once they say, you know what, I want a D1 scholarship and say, okay, bro, you got to do this, 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 and this. You got to show up here at 4.30 in the morning, you got to train with these guys, then you got to come in and do a one-on-one session. Then you got to come in, you got to get on the VertiMax, you got to do this for six months straight. If you want an offer, you got to do this for six months straight. Do it for six months straight. That's what usually happens. If that D1, it usually happens for them. If they, a D2 material, it happens for them. If, if they want to lose 20 pounds, it happens. If they want to lose 60 pounds it happens that makes sense if they want to if they want to lose 30 pounds it happens before the wedding they just kind of how it always works because they know that I'm gonna be there at the time that I say I'm gonna be there I'm gonna have the right program set up specifically for them I have an embody sheet I do this embodiment machine and like we're ta- I'm talking we're tagging them every day you know what I mean if I'm if I'm out you know, I got people and spies all over the place. So all of a sudden, I know they they, post, they go to this restaurant. Oh, I heard he was out. Okay, guess what, man? We're on in the invite type right at the back. I might even pull up to the house with the invite machine, plug it in. No, I'm serious. Like, oh, we're testing now. You know what? Okay. We're done. Or we're out. We're kicked out, man. That's how it works, man. You know, I kick out people if they're not, if they're not buying in. Because it's not about me and my reputation. It's just that I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my 50% on them. I'd rather deal with a, a six year old or a seven year old, you know, where I got a long time to help build that kid to become the damn mayor if he wants to, you know, or the president. You know, that's the type of confidence I want to develop in these kids. And that's also why I have a lot of hard relationships with a lot of coaches, you know, in schools, because those schools are in and they want their best for them. I want the best for my individual client or, my, or their kids, you know.
1: Yeah. So, what, I, what I'm feeling besides, you know, this, this passion that that is coming out of you is you really spend a lot of time. You're really looking at the mindset, the, the psyche of, of the person, the athlete, the trainee, whatever you want to call them. And you're really, you're like, all right, cool. Goals are good, but I need you to be invested in yourself and in the process. Right? Right. It's not trust the process, right? It's be in the process. Don't just take it from me. I'm, I'm just a guy who knows a lot but you still have to be invested in it and if you're not invested right that's that's how you can kind of keep your energy and give your all because you know you're only giving it to the people who are fully invested in themselves who have that belief and are involving themselves in the process
2: 100 percent. and now also now my track record because i've been doing this for a long period of time Proceeds itself because obviously, you know, I've helped over a thousand kids from the time I've started to now move over to the D1, D2, you know, D3, NAIA, junior college level and play another sport after high school. And that itself is, is astounding, but I also played D1 football myself at Central Michigan, you know, and, you know, and from there, it's not about necessarily taking a reward for the guy when he's in high school. I want to help develop the kids kid from fourth grade till seventh grade. So by the time they get into that, you know, that trenches, you know, they know what's going on. They got some basic skill, you know, um, and so then, you know, it, it really comes down to me, though, it it's. You know, I'm always criticized for never being satisfied. You know, I change my gym every six weeks because, you know, it's a new focus It's maybe new this, you know, um, You know, never work out and do the same program. I like to shock the muscles, you know, a kid goes off state. Okay, now we want to go our region, you know, what I mean, uh, you know, that's and then it's you know I just hit 300 okay we should have been doing that six weeks ago that it doesn't make sense now we're wanting to get to 325 and so sometimes that carry over to never have enough time to celebrate you know. Um, and that sometimes is the deciding gap between you know me wanting more and the client being satisfied. So those are the things you got to kind of temper as well, where your reality for this person, as well, can't be too much stronger than their own for themselves. Got it. Got it. So a lot
1: of what it sounds like your focus on is on training the youth athlete, athletes, the the sports performance, the the confidence, whatever somebody's coming in there for. Do you also have uh, any sort of component, anything that's significant? Of adults that you're training, adult fitness, or are you just mainly gearing towards towards the, the youth?
2: So it's about it's about 30 till 60, and then it's you know seniors from there. When we're talking about online as far as well because a lot of the kids I train is in bigger groups for the younger kids, and a lot of more the one on ones It's older people, my age, you know, an up and down type deal. Um, but it, it, it so I, I write every single program each week. You know, I don't work Sundays. That's my day where I kind of just write all the programs. I'm usually traveling. My daughters play L soccer. So I'm usually out of the state or traveling on those days. So I write up the workout programs and I do a lot of, you know, more of the Zoom workouts and those, more of the, the actual assessments and stuff like that online, you know, with people that's out of state or whatnot. But So each person I take and during the assessment period, however long that is, I actually take time to figure out how we're gonna accomplish their goal and then multitudes of others preset goals after they accomplish their initial goal so I can be ready to take them to wherever they wanna go, right? And so with as many people as I have, even inside of the baseball group fitness training, everyone is doing their own individual workout program. Okay, and it's monitored through our in-body testing and all that other type of stuff. So each person always come in, even if you and me are in the gym and it's a bunch of high school kids, we're not doing their workout. And then me and you, we're not doing the same workout. You know, I'm doing, I'm 20 pounds. You, I don't know exactly, but at the same time through the assessment, I know what you can and can't do. Maybe we can have to slow it down, take two weeks instead of one week to figure it out. And then we build the program and then from there you got to be 100 on board with where this program's going to be you know my goal now especially with covid is to be ready for whatever so everyone now we got about 10 people working hybrid off of our workout programs where they're either through zoom or we record the workout or we email them the workout or we send them the text message of the workout or they check online and get the workout off of our online app or in for individual group fitness class or in for small group fitness class or one on one, but we want someone and everyone to be working off at least one or two of those platforms. So if anything has to happen, and we have to go offline. We can still be able to do that. And if we have to be able to not, we can still be able to do it. And so our goal is basically to get the same goals and, you know, we pretty much have it calculated how long someone has to work out in this fitness class compared to one-on-one training. Okay. So you have a pretty, pretty
1: calculated, pretty important onboarding process assessment. You have programming that's, that's dedicated to the, the progress of the individual client. You're, you're having a lot of this come through, um, with adults, adults, um, Tend to, if they stick with training, we will just train for a while, um, you know, unless something happens, injury, change your life, something like that. Kids, it can be, you know, they change schools, they change sports, things change in their life. So they seem to have a shorter life cycle. So once people get into your world, it seems like you have the systems, you know, really solidly covered, a solid foundation. Um, but people do, for various reasons, on the adult and the youth side, leave what do you what do you do to get more people to keep coming to fill in where right. people are going out the back is it all word of mouth do you do any advertising are you actively trying to grow the numbers or are you maintaining where you are where are you from that
2: standpoint So, and that's, that's a good question. And for me, everything is kind of calculated based on feel because I'm not necessarily focused on making money. I'm more focused on delivering results beyond what I expect. So that's back to why I do the volunteer work for the youth programs. You know, I bring in um, some of the youth programs that don't have the cash flow. It's a bigger team that I get paid to work with out of Detroit from around here. And we do the conditioning classes for, you know, this youth program, this baseball team, this football program, this, you know. And so what that allows us to do is to voluntarily get more exposure and from there, they know the expectation that we're training them in inside of a group of 60, 70. As it break down, the expectation is higher, the hands-on approach, the individual programming, the monitoring is higher. And then from there, this is about, like I said, I went to East Lansing, and I was an all-state player. Um, I, went to East, I went to Central Michigan, and I was a starter. You know, I, I trained my daughters, they're all now in high school, middle school. They are playing at the elite level they are elite athletes we got multiple kids that went you know so everyone knows who i am here it's now as it a matter if i decide to take more of an interest in training that kid after the assessment process so like you said if i got 25 30 people in the assessment process i determine when they come out if i don't have enough time to individually train them yet because you know i'm training Fifteen kids, so Williamson decided to bring their whole base basketball program in for an hour, which takes away one of my group fitness classes because they. Pan- Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I have the ability now to say, you know what, we're going to open up a new class. You know what, I'm only accepting eight people in this class. Period. Does that makes sense, and so that's how I kind of do it. Where now I, I used to sell mortgages back in the day. And so it's it's all a pipeline for me, you know, I want to have an onboarding. I want to have a pipeline. I want to have some people that's coming to some free community classes where we start the process of moving them in, start them at five. You know, I'm doing free classes for all the young kids. And, you know, once they turn eight, we start moving them into this new class. Once they get to eight, nine, ten, okay, we've now, this guy's an athlete, this person not, let's bring them on. Does that make sense? We kind of control whole volume you know i'm not here to make you know half a million dollars and stuff like that you know from training because i never believe it's not that many hours and i don't really trust other trainers to deliver the same type of quality programming that i do so i'm more focused on doing it myself um, and then having some people help me in the background and then so we then we come out to take you know as far as to to make more money we come out with more clothing and stuff like that you know okay so from the outside looking in,
1: uh, it sounds like you really know who you are, what you're doing, who you want to be, where, where things are going in the business. Let's so say from, from an outsider's perspective, it, it sounds like you're firing on all cylinders. Like you've got this thing kind of honed in, you know, kind of cradled to grave the life cycle of athletes and your pipeline. You know, everything sounds like it's, it's super dialed in. Do you feel like you don't, you have any challenges? Do you have anything that is standing in your way of doing all the things that you want to do? Or is it just- COVID. Kind of- <laughs> COVID, right.
2: Yeah. That's, well, you know, because where we were at, because, you know, me, I, I always believe in giving back, you know, and now we, we were moving in a direction where we wanted to start helping and giving more out to the community, you know, as far as like, different types of drives, homelessness, you know. And food drives and clothes drives and, you know, stuff like that. And but then it just, you know, it shifts once you lose the point where you can communicate with contact with people, you know, what I mean, large gatherings. Our facility by luck is big enough for what we do was never really that more than, you know, 15, 20 people in there at any point in time, which allows us to spread out, which never really, you know, cut down our limit was almost 100 people still through COVID. You know, but we went outside, you know, after it allowed us to even go back to work. And so we just, it's about, for me, it's moving before and anticipating challenges and, you know, and studying, you know, um, the market and stuff like that. So, you know, because, you know, and our prices are high. So we got to be able to deliver and make it worth it, and at the same time, give that individuality to each programming so the kids can believe that we're making it for them. And that's what we have to do now. And that takes a lot of time. A lot of trainers don't want to do that. You know, that's, that's honestly, that's what allowed me to even start doing it. It's the ability to, you know, focus specifically on what someone wants and then deliver and then do it over again and then do it over again and then ask them if they want to do it again. And then they say, you know what, I'm good. I lost 50 pounds. My wife loves me. Now I'm okay with it. You know, seriously. But the funny thing is the last the last four people that I helped lose a hundred pounds in the last two years, they've all got divorced and they've all moved on from their their significant other because they became a completely different person. The man with me for two hours every day for eight months straight. No, seriously, I can convince you to become president of the United States in that eight-month period because I believe you can do it. If I believe you can do it, I believe you, you know, be able to get a man, management, the job or advance. You know, you need to, I'm pushing for it. That makes sense. But now this person now got confidence and they move. Now their wife they become a completely different person, or they become a completely different person, their husband. I mean, that's just it is because I just believe in empowering people to become and do whatever they believe that they can do. If that is right now, when you're 10 years old, to make you know the varsity team when you're 14, you know what, we're pushing for two years. Guess what usually happens? They make the team. Guess what usually happens by the time they're 15? They're just a superstar. Now they're like, man, I don't know what to do after that. No, we're going to college. They're like, okay, okay, co- okay, yep, we're going to college. All right, guess what? Now, you know what, this is what you need to do. You need to talk to this person, focus on your ACT, deal with this concert, boom, boom, boom. Guess what happens? They do that, now colleges are recruiting them. Guess what, you probably got a chance to go to D1. You got the size, you know what, Maybe D2. If you don't want, boom, boom, guess what happens? They get that offer, and now the kid's like, man, I'm like, bro, now go be an accountant. You're smart enough. Guess what happened? They're going to be the damn accountant. And that's what the thing is like, man, I didn't think I could go to Michigan. You never apply. Apply, bro. Well, guess what? I got turned down. what they say? Change this. Go and volunteer. Da-da-da-da-da. They apply again. And they go. I'm like, man, listen, it's all about who you believe and what you deserve you supposed to have. It usually happens. If I know that I bench 225, but I want to bench 315, I know it's going to take a lot of work. I don't take a lot of suffering. I gotta eat right. I gotta never make miss workouts. I gotta take care of myself. I gotta stretch, but I gotta do it for six to eight months straight, right? And then at that point I just gotta believe that I deserve that. And from there, you go about the path. You guess what? You didn't start this podcast from nothing to this podcast. You gotta believe it was worth doing. You gotta believe that you can talk to somebody like me that actually entrust and, and, and appreciate it. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta believe that those people are out there. You gotta believe also when you talk to someone that guess what? They're gonna entrust in you and believe in you the same way that you believed in yourself. And from there, magic happens. And that's that's why I that's why I train, man. I'm trained to make money, I'm even trained to even get glory. I'm one personal trainer a year for last two year's this year. I decided I'm not even going to go, and, I'm not even going to. I'm serious because I'm too busy, I got too much stuff to do. I had to, I had to like shift my whole day to make this happen, but I also have the ability to shift my whole day to make this happen. That makes sense, so that's all I'm saying. It's like you got to believe in yourself, and you got to also be around people that believe in themselves and believe in you, and from there. Everything usually happens, man. Everything usually happens that you want to happen. And from there, you hold people accountable. They hold you accountable. You just get what you want. Absolutely.
1: Well, I, I'm glad that you believed in us enough to come on the show today. And I think it's going to be an, an inspiration to a lot of people out there listening. Uh, unfortunately, we are running up on time. So, but yeah. before we let you go... Uh, where can people find you online you have facebook instagram website where can people find out more reach out to you maybe they want their kids to train with you maybe they want to lose 100 pounds or maybe yeah. they just want to hear the business yeah. side of how you got where you are where, where can
2: people I, find you i get free advice every day um i do all different types of things we, we everything is on the ground works but again i'm the type of person you know i have daughters that's like like really superstar soccer athletes for top programs. And I don't really want to take too much attention from what they're doing. You know what I mean? And it's kind of so I kind of kind of stay kind of quiet and kind of only focus on my own self. But at the same time, I always give advice, talk to people, and I do a lot of free Zoom classes and stuff like that. But everyone can find me again on AFitnessapp.com. And it's across the board, everything is Perfect. So.
1: All right. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. It's been great. I feel like I've learned about 20 things and that's always my hope on here. And I hope our audience uh, listens to this on replay a couple of times because there's there's a lot in there, you know, and um, hearing more about the mental side of things, the training the athlete, the psyche, the the confidence um go so much further in people's lives necessarily than reps and sets so again i thank you for being here it's been a pleasure to everybody out there in the audience we thank you for spending a little time of your day with us if you want to hear more people like this wonderful gentleman here that i've had on the podcast hit the subscribe button you never know who might be on here dropping some inspiration if you want to be on the podcast click the link in the description fill out the form We'd love to talk to you. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got something to give and we want to share it with everybody. So to everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free, leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome
3: back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Gina Marecki. Gina, how's it going?
4: It's good. Doing well.
3: Yeah, well, thank you for being on the podcast today.
4: Well, thank you for having me.
3: Absolutely. And let's kind of go ahead and get right into it. So what is the name of your business and where are you located at?
4: Uh, Well, I own a fitness studio. It's called G Fitness. And it's in Simsbury, Connecticut which is about like 10 miles outside of Hartford, if people don't Okay. Know. Yeah. All right.
3: Perfect. And uh, so I'm just curious. So what's uh, so you've been in uh, business for how long? How long? How long ago did you start this? Uh,
4: in 2012, I got my um, NASM uh, certification for personal mm-hmm. training and i started the business th- then it was like december of uh 2012 and i had an in-home studio so at my house okay. um in the lower level and it you know i always hated saying the basement because it really it was really welcoming and a lot of light and kind of a walk in uh, or a walk-out area right as well um and i started there and i literally like had you know my first client come in and uh probably like January 2nd, you know, and um, I just really loved kind of the one-on-one training. Got uh, it. Yeah, kind of, and and just to jump ahead, behind, you know, I guess why I liked the uh, personal training was my experience with personal training. Are
3: you there? You kind of cut out there a little bit after the, the personal training. Part. Oh,
4: okay. Yeah, for, it, it did freeze a little. Sorry.
3: <laughs> That's all right. And yeah, so what you know just curious like what made you decide to you know finally open up open up a business like why did you uh what made you want to be a gym owner
4: well i you know my own experience with fitness and, and working out um i had always felt like you know it, it made my mood better um yeah. obviously for like you know the physical reasons, you know, to lose weight, you know, to get stronger, that kind of stuff Uh uh, was definitely there. But when I was going through, um, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. um, And I was working out at the time and got into really like um, high intensity training, interval training. That was kind of when it was like just getting popular, you know, Um, I'm dating myself a little bit, but it was, and it like really helped. And even, you know, when I would go, I was, doing some behavioral therapy. um, And, you know, the therapist I would talk to would say, you could even see that my mood was so much better after any kind Mm -hmm. of exercise. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. So that was like a big kind of turning point uh, because I always knew like I felt better with it, but knowing that there was that connection just
3: really motivated
4: me to help, you know, try and help others.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. So after, let's see. Yeah. So after you got into that, uh, you decided to open up, open up your own facility. So what is, um, basically like, what is, what is the structure? Um, what is kind of like the, the business model that you have?
4: Uh, so, you know, I did start at my home after a few years, uh, you know, I was getting quite a few clients and it, it was mainly one-on-ones. And then I started this small group training. My thing was, I loved the small group training, yeah, especially for women, uh, right. because, it got them comfortable. Like it was in my house, you know, they got to learn how to use equipment that they wouldn't use walking into a gym, like a yeah. kettlebell or a TRX or a medicine ball. And it just made it like funny haha. Cause we could laugh, but like it empowered them, you know? So that was kind of my model going forward was I happened to come upon this space that I'm in now and opened the actual studio in downtown Simsbury. Mm-hmm. So it's a one room studio. Mm-hmm. And you know, the model has always been personal training, like first. Right. And I again I liked the small group and I had it. It was for years, just every Friday, I had that, you know, nine o'clock group of women. It was really yeah. great. Um kind of hit style, boot camp style. Um but so the model there, you know, really was to focus on women's fitness. Um also working with people who had like obstacles, maybe past injuries and um, or something that was holding them back and kind of working through whatever prehab rehab we could to get them. Right.
3: Work. OK, yeah, that that makes sense for sure. So um, so fast forward to now, um, like how, how many how many clients do you have active right now between between, um, you know, like small group or your um, PT clients?
4: yeah so I keep it fairly small. I mean, it was bigger, you know before, but right now, okay. I'd say there's a good like twenty that are in the mix, whether they're okay. coming in one on one whether they're in a group class the covid, so that's kind of like building it like finally, we got one group in here that's coming on Fridays again, uh-huh. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. And it's a kickbox. And so there's really, um, a want, I think that people want to come back in, but there's also, you know, trying to market to the people that, you know, it is safe. Um, yes. You know, it's, it's good for them. Like it's going to help them get through kind of these times that, you know, we're in.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, if people can see that it's safe, like you said, and clean, and, I mean, I would imagine, like, you know, it's a, it's a one-room uh, one room studio, basically. So, I mean, I, I'm sure that you keep it as clean as possible, right? Like, I mean, and it was probably like that anyways. Yeah. You know, but,
4: yeah. But, yeah, now even more so. And yeah. uh, you can see, you know, on the picture here, right behind me, there's tons of windows all around. And I have double mm-hmm. doors that are actually, you can't see here. Um, so, there's tons of air coming in, you know, when if people ends up being bigger than what it sounds like you know yeah Uh, yeah yeah so we are able to for sure and
3: i i do love the windows um you know the natural light coming in so that that just makes it just gives like a different feel for the place right
4: yeah and and it definitely i think even people walking in like the i don't know they get like in a good mood especially on sunny days even when it's crummy out you know just having the light in here really helps
3: yeah yeah exactly Um, so right now yeah now is it oh go ahead oh is it just you that that works there or, or do you have other trainers with you or is it the one one woman show
4: yeah, so it is pretty much all on me. Um, yeah. For a while there, a few years back, uh, I had some instructors in teaching some other classes, trying to partner in a way, you know, maybe to expand the business. And um, th- they were great, but, you know, you learn things along the way, right? You get burned by some people. <laughs> you kind of learn that, like, your are your... Yeah, yeah, I had... <laughs> you learn some hard lessons for sure, you know? Um, but again, I always try to go back to like my focus, like to, you know, my unspoken mission, right? Or spoken mission yeah. now is to help women feel empowered and also, you know, just get out of whatever it is that's holding them back, whether it is uh, depression or anxiety or some kind of like past trauma or chronic pain or autoimmune disease. Like I have the gamut of clients you know that have yeah. a lot of obstacles that are just holding them back so they come through the door and i'm able to really customize so that's what i love is just that customization customization of um the workout and just their experience
3: yeah yeah so absolutely that
4: really is focus. yeah and and to you know long answer to your question i do have an instructor coming in now and she is teaching um a Friday class, which is awesome because it it just helps me, uh, you know, because a lot of the one-on-one training people might not realize it is, it is draining, you know, you're, you're really taking on a lot of your clients stuff, (laughs) which is great, but if you don't really pay attention to it, it can, it can can wear you down, which that happened to me several times, you know, taking on too much.
3: Yeah. And trying to run the business,
4: do the marketing, you know,
3: Absolutely. And, and that's a good point you make because yeah, the one-on-one training is great, but you know, and, and one thing I always told people too is, you know, you, I mean, you double for more than just a personal trainer, right? Like you're, you're their best friend, you're their counselor, you're their therapist, you know, basically yep. everything. So, I mean, you, you wear many hats doing that and, yeah. and you're right. If you don't watch it, you know, you can kind of start. And not that it's a bad thing. I mean, the people have their problems and their, you know comfortable to share them with you but if if you're not careful it can start kind of pulling you down too right yeah. and i think you have to make some conscious decisions you know and and be like okay so you know like you kind of you can't let that weigh on you all the time right
4: yeah when i was the busiest here you know and the business it was great it was <laughs> obviously right before covid uh it was really just so busy in here and there was so much going on and it was great but it was like it was more of a numbers game like and I didn't I hated that because then I was so tired and just not really present like at home or feeling like I swear my client's pain that they would come in I'd all of a sudden have a hip pain and I'd be like yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. so you, you start living breathing it and like you said yeah. you kind of have to watch watch it a little bit
3: yeah absolutely and um yeah. It's it's a good thing that you've noticed that because I think a lot of people don't and, you know, it'll be a few years down the road and they're like, why do I feel like shit? You know, like they just, they just don't understand what's actually happening, but it's a good thing yeah. that you, you know, are aware of that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, and, and you know, Oh, you're good. Uh, Journey, I was going to say, I I became like a a group fitness um, instructor. So Mm -hmm. I was not only doing personal training, uh, the Farmington Valley, and also down like on the Connecticut shore. Um, So I was teaching bar and Pilates um, and also some strength classes. And that, again, that was great. But the wear and tear on my body was just, it was ridiculous. I, I tore my rotator for a second time, you know, from all the overuse and the the orthopedic surgeon I went to, just to, you know, check it out. He's like, can you kind of stop, you know, like yeah. you have to do the workout with them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't. So I learned to back off on that stuff and kind of take care of myself Yeah. Um, while still being able to help people.
3: Yeah, and we got to practice what we preach, right? And um, that that's the biggest thing. <laughs> You know, and and I, I don't think it's, it's never really a question of us being active, but, you know, we always tell clients, hey, slow down. You got to make time for you. But it's like, if we're not doing that, then they're not going to listen to us. You know what I mean? Like, as far as that goes, because most of the time for, for our clients, like you're you're a role model for them. So they want to try to do everything that you're doing, you know, and they may never say that. But if they see, you know, Gina doing a thousand things, you know, they think that they can do a thousand things. And so I think just, um, you know, if we tell them to scale back, then we need to scale back ourselves. And that's one thing that I learned too. And I'm glad you did. Yeah.
4: Yes, I definitely did. Yeah. So, so even now, you know, it's a little s- slower, I'll call it. And, you know, I'm not very patient. So sometimes I get really like, I got to build it. I got to add more and more and more. But I keep trying to tell myself, remember how crazy it was when it was more? And then I couldn't do the stuff that I wanted to do like write, you know, um, yeah. and do my own workouts. Yeah.
3: Well, well, the cool thing is if it gets, you know, let's say like you start getting more people then you know, maybe that instructor can cover some other things, right? Yeah. I mean, are you getting, that's what I'm more. hoping. So yeah. I really,
4: yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now for growing the business. I would love to have someone else, even if they're not partnering in, but kind of share the vision and Kind of have the same idea, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. To get that customized fitness, even if they are doing groups, just really focusing in on the people and not worrying so much about numbers all the time.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and that's the cool thing. Whenever you do like the smaller groups too, um, people get more one-on-one attention. But at the same time, you can yeah you, know, you can charge a higher price than you would you know in a large group class as well. You know, so it's kind of, it's the best of both worlds, in my opinion, small group, like, you know, four people or less. I mean, I love that. I really like, that's one of my favorites.
4: Yeah. Because then everyone feels like, you know, they talk to each other or maybe they don't, but, you know, there's some kind of camaraderie and they can kind of like laugh, you know, while they're going through, you know, some pain. (laughs) Um, It's nice. Yeah. I really, I do miss the group. So.
3: now do you guys have restrictions up there still or is all that kind of scaled back a little bit
4: you know it's good because certain towns in connecticut are mandating masks we were for a very short time but they lifted it thank god so we don't have to wear them here in the studio Mm -hmm. Uh, i kind of leave it up to the client you know i have one or two that might want to keep them on and i'll wear mine but um For the most part, it's pretty comfortable. And even during uh, COVID, you know, when the gyms were shut down, I was able to, I never had online training, so I was able to do some Zoom. You know, you learn that pretty quick when you face the pandemic. Um, And I still have a few that hang on to that, uh, the Zoom. So we still do it, but um, I am really encouraged a lot of the clients to come back and and they have, and they're, they're happy
3: good good yeah that's um yeah and so many times like zoom isn't for everyone um one thing that we found um and that i've done in my business is you know instead of doing the zoom like you know pretty much like programming things like that you know accountability coaching and that's that's a good alternative to zoom if if people don't want to come in yet or if they're not comfortable so you know they still have that communication with you but you know you're you're programming for them and they can you know they can do things at home or some people will even go to a large gym and do things you know it it just depends on the person so it it gives you more reach yes you do it like that
4: that's definitely
3: and so one thing i like to ask people so knowing what you know now if you could go back in time and give yourself advice when you first started what would that be
4: oh that's a good one (laughs) uh (laughs) i guess there's a lot of different but the the main thing i really would say don't be so like hard on yourself because i really kind of me you know i do have high expectations of every thing that i do whether i'm working out or you know I, i expect kind of results fast yeah which was good going into it because you know you kind of have to have a thick skin a little bit too like but it also was frustrating when things, the business, you know, it took a long time. Yeah. So I think uh, I, I would just really tell myself to be patient or someone else if they, you know, were asking. And <clears throat> I've tried to, I've consulted a couple people that have opened or thought about, you know, opening studios. Uh, some things that, you know, people don't want to hear it, you know, no. but you kind of have to, to face that. The, the market is saturated, right? You have to be different, but you also have to really be patient.
3: Yeah. And I think the the biggest thing is, you know, having, like being able to consistently um, get your name out there, right. And consistently market to people. So what, like, yeah, what are yeah. you doing right now for that? Like to actively market or, you know, to get new people in the door?
4: Yeah. So, uh, my, background and my um, degree was actually in marketing <laughs> oh, so uh, I worked in marketing for a long time <clears throat> and so that's really been helpful for me uh, so I am you know I'm present on social media I was really heavily into it a few you know the past few years just mm-hmm. again I kind of backed off it to deliver the message here and there uh, but not be constantly in it. So I'm trying social media, um, you know, a few times a week to kind of get the word out, but also even like um, I'm finding a lot of my clients, you know, when I ask them how they heard about it, it's definitely word of mouth. So referrals are kind of my best friend, <laughs> but the Google search, which yeah. cracks me up. So that, that, that's my website out of everything that is yeah. drawing people in. And I just never thought, I mean, I, my website's good. I've worked on it, but I was putting so much time into the, you know, Instagram and Facebook and I don't know, it was such a small percentage coming from there. So um,
3: that makes sense.
4: Yeah. So it's kind of nice that when they search, maybe it's they're looking for a particular thing, whether it's women's fitness or personal trainer, that they're finding it and then kind of like diving into it and seeing what I offer. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot more than just a workout when you yeah. come here. So,
3: yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah,
4: sense. I have a, a another certification. It's through Z Health. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them.
3: Uh, I don't think so.
4: Uh, and it's a neurological based training and it deals with... Um, get the neurological side of it so we're all about muscles and joints and movement and stuff but this looks at how your brain is reacting really to everything you do yeah uh, there's a lot of vision training vestibular so inner ear for your balance mm-hmm. and um, full ranges of joint mobility so I use a lot of that with my clients and it, it's really effective
3: good good yeah and th- and that's the thing like as long as you know if they're getting results and you know that, that's what you're look if they're making changes, And, uh, I mean, stuff like that is what really improves quality of life, right. Whenever you can make those, like, I mean, everyone wants to get in shape that comes to the gym. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't come if they didn't, but (laughs) when you can make changes like that, that can, you know, have a positive impact on their everyday life, not just when they're in the gym, like that's when you, you know, make the real changes for people.
4: It's true. So I try to get that message across, you know, it's kind of hard, but that's where I'm at now is trying to find whether it's going to be client testimonies or actual videos of some of the stuff we do just to show that it's different, that we're not just, Mm -hmm. you know, have, you know, lifting these super heavy weights overhead or, you know, which is fine if you want to do that, but like um, real results for people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, you know, with that stuff, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, sometimes when, if you try to market, so like niche, for example, like for the Z health, it's some things that a lot of people might not understand right out of the gate, or they might be like, ah, uh, I don't know about this. So <laughs> one thing that's, you know, kind of best practices, you know, give them what they, you know, give them what they want. So you can give them what they need. Yes. So if, if they come in for general fitness, right. And they, you know, know, like, and trust you eventually, then you start kind of weaving that stuff in. I mean, cause if you just came right out with it, It probably wouldn't work out very well for you. Except if if someone knew exactly what it was, right? And
4: it's true. It's very true. I've had I've had that for sure.
3: (laughs) You know, people look at
4: it like it's a little crazy.
3: Yeah, they're like, yeah, but yeah, once you get once you get a chance to really explain it and actually get to practice it with them, you know, I mean, I'm sure that it's fine, you know, and they're they're thankful that they did it, right? Yes. Yeah. So we are running out of time here on the podcast. So one thing I like to ask people all the time is, um, let's say a year from now, like what does growth look like for you?
4: Uh, let's see. I think right now I am sort of in this transition phase. Maybe you've grown out of what I was doing before. So kind of moving to that next level of whether it's having you know other personal trainers here, uh, maybe overseeing the gym more and having other people do, you know what I mean? Um, I don't want to create something new or start over or any of that. Like I've built oh. this, I want to keep growing. Yeah, yeah. Financially, yeah, that would be awesome to keep growing, right. but I really just want almost, you know, that mission that I, you know, to help people move better, you know, balance better, just have a better quality of life. Uh, if I could get, I guess that would be kind of growth, yeah. More, more clients, um, more of like a wellness kind of focus too.
3: Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And it's it's the best time, you know. Then I mean, now's the best time to ever, you know, be in the wellness side of things, especially with everything going on in the world. So I'm I'm with yes. you, hundred percent, right there. Well, Gina, Great. thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, hope you had a good time and I definitely enjoy the conversation and hope you got some value from this too.
4: Yes, I did. Thanks, Ryan. It was really good.
3: Absolutely. Can't
4: wait to follow you guys and you know listen to the other uh, gym owners too.
3: For sure. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the link in the description or if you found value in this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords
0: out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Zoran Dabik from CrossFit Battlefield in Hamilton, Ontario. How's your day there, Zoran, up there to our neighbors to the north?
5: Beautiful, warm day in Hamilton today.
1: Perfect, perfect. What's What's warm up there in August? Anything over like zero degrees Celsius or... <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah, it's uh, in 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 your numbers it's got to be pushing 90 at this point. We have a very warm August this year.
1: Nice. Thank you for not making me do a metric conversion on the there. <laughs> no you might expose my lack of of knowledge there. So, let's hop into it. Tell us about Battlefield. What it is that you do there, how you do it, how you're changing lives in your
5: community. Perfect. Yeah, CrossFit Battlefield is our operating name, but we are actually Battlefield Strength. Uh, we've been in business for about 12 years, going on year 12, uh, actually in February. So uh, the gyms had quite uh, evolution since it began. Started as uh, two guys wanting to uh, enhance the powerlifting presence in Hamilton because there really wasn't a dedicated facility or wasn't one that they uh, were satisfied, were happy with, I guess. So they they started their own thing uh, as a second career, and over the years it's changed hands a couple of times with myself uh, joining Cody. Uh, As the most recent owners, about three years ago, he was there uh, before me. So uh, going from powerlifting to having a really active, uh, competitive weightlifting team that's still present, uh, to having uh, an open gym model, and finally ending up as CrossFit being our main sort of bread and butter for uh, what we offer the community. Our our focus has been um, longevity. If I had to take one word, uh, I know a lot of people on these podcasts say it's about community, and CrossFit definitely is. I know a lot of people say it's about improving people's health, but for us, it's really just making a lasting change in the way people um, approach fitness, approach their um, their health and, and nutrition and everything that goes along with making them just a little bit better than they were last time they walked through our doors. So um, that's kind of been our mainstay and our focus, and I think it's uh, grabbing some good attention locally compared to um, perhaps gyms that focus on the competitive side or, or something different. So uh, we're very happy to kind of take that angle and approach and it's bringing us um, a large number of more senior, more dedicated, more community oriented clients who have tried the global approach or the boot camp or those sorts of things. And they seem to have settled quite nicely with us. So we're, we're very proud of that.
1: Perfect. Perfect. So that gives us a good idea of what your spin is your particular Flavor of CrossFit and what you're trying to get across because it's it's many things to many people and we always like to see what the focus is and how you're executing it. So you came in about three years ago, uh, so you're kind of part of the most recent wave of ownership. And then Cody had been there before you. Um, What brought you to becoming owner? Were you a member there? Were you a member somewhere else? What was the Point of view you came in from as far as wanting to invest in be an owner in battlefield
5: yeah so for me um i actually joined there about i would say two to three years just maybe two years actually before i actually was offered uh, a partnership from cody uh, he had a business partner that uh pursued a new career uh so there was the space uh what what kind of intrigued me i started my journey uh i used it to transform my own life i was a bit uh out of shape, kind of had the third kid, um, wasn't happy with the way I looked, felt, performed, uh, was kind of you know cloudy and everything else at work, and I and I knew that I had to do something about my health. So when I when I kind of started, I did my own thing. Uh, I kind of tripped over a lot of things, and you know after a long period of time, by accident, kind of landed at Battlefield, which uh, in my opinion changed my life. I think the um, you know, use that community word, but it's you know the people that I met. And it was an early 515 morning class that kind of stuck in for me and and the group of people I met have become good friends. And it really just became something that I wanted to do so I can impact others. But while I was there, I I really kind of took strongly to CrossFit because of the results it gave me personally. So I did go and get my coaching um, certification in that time that I was a member and after that was done, I, I kind of put myself out there to the current owners at the time to say, "Hey, you know, I would like to coach. Uh, can I do that here?" And because it was smaller at the time, the two owners were doing, you know, most of the management and coaching and kind of being the CEO and the head coach and everything all together. Um, you know, bringing more coaches in really wasn't in the cards. So what I did instead is I I went to another place locally and I and I you know honed my coaching at another facility and they were great. Uh, and help me grow that way. But um, about a year and a half or or two into that, I got that phone call <laughs> that uh, a gentleman was leaving, and uh, Cody had remembered my, um, you know, my my request to get more involved. And uh, I, you know, we we had great conversations, him as an owner, me as a member, about where the facility was facility was heading. Uh, I think you know, my other job is very business and and planning and and, and project management related to so that. Um, I think I, I hope caught his eye as someone he could partner with to uh, you know propel battlefield to to the next stage where we're at today.
1: Awesome, awesome. so you you were you were waiting in the wings <laughs> kind of kind of biding your time, whether unbeknownst to you or not, but you continue to just keep doing your thing on your own and hone your craft. And then when the time came, you know, opportunity comes to those who are prepared for it, right? So, so that's that's pretty cool. So since you've been on, it's been about three years. What have you brought to Battlefield in the way of your management background, your GM style? What would you feel the biggest impact is that you've had on the business?
5: I think just bringing a lot of attention to where there were issues, um, primarily Um, focusing on time management and, you know, the value of my business partner as a head coach and programmer and for the most part, daytime uh, operator of the facility. And then really just figuring out, you know, where we could be investing more time because you need to get the best coaches. And and I think the three recipes are always going to be a clean, safe space, excellent programming and excellent coaches. Like you need to have those three things kind of shored up. Um, But I also wanted people to have a multitude of excellent coaches. So we've grown our coaching staff and that really is what we needed to do to be able to step back and manage uh, the facility more. We um, we took our kind of, you know, home-built programming and went to a provider for that. That's allowed us a little bit more time. It's also allowed us a, a, a great number of resources to, to, to look at for both the business and the programming side of things. Not sure you want me to mention that or not, but either way, um, it allowed us to focus on the people and partnering with them like i think partnering with clients uh, i mentioned earlier that you know i was a member so i got to be the guy that you know sat in the parking lot having saturday morning coffees in the freezing cold hearing the bitching and complaining about from the members about the few things they felt could be done better even though they were all there for years that caught my eye right there the, the turnover rate in this place is extremely low and that was very attractive to me rather than starting from scratch I, you know let's have a place that there's a good number of people that have been around a long time, but also listen to them because, you know, they've invested a lot of money in the facility and their time. And, uh, you know, hearing those conversations as someone that wasn't the owner outside or after class or on social events outside of the, uh, the programming really kind of helped me when I came back in as an owner, focus on what we needed to change. And the biggest thing for me was just really partnership and communication. Um, I think that is what came uh, and what people have highlighted that has changed the most since, uh, since we took this new direction and that, you know, as much as they're a member and it's your gym, um, they like to feel like they're part of something and involved so partnering with them. You know, something as simple as, you know, what fragrance of poopery should we be using in the bathroom, putting a survey on Facebook uh, and just getting feedback, feeling like they've been heard, uh, you know, right at the get go. We said, hey, if we had five bucks to spend, should it be in another shower? Should it be in better coffee in the front hall? Should it be, you know, on something like more equipment? What do you guys think is the biggest bang for the buck? So that that partnering, that communication, almost running it like a co-op with not having them having contributed to that. But, you know, allowing them the the freedom to express. And then also one thing I really disliked was, you know, there was kind of clicks like every gym has, like these guys are doing a competition this weekend and those girls over there are doing some national weightlifting thing. And I didn't feel like I knew about that all because one, I wanted to support them because it was interesting and two, just kind of give everyone a chance to participate. I feel like. Being left out's a, a, a not a great feeling, so uh, I tried my best to kind of broadcast and, and get everyone involved and informed on everything that that goes on inside.
1: All right. So, beside your actual primary career skills as a project manager and being very analytical and looking at things, the other big thing that you brought was a perspective of having been in the community and seeing the things that you opened your eyes and that you said to yourself, hey, I would like to change this if I was ever. And then one day, surprise, you are. So you've put a lot of those things into
0: effect.
5: Absolutely, the you know the and the, and to tie that back to project management, they call that stakeholdering. You know, it's an entire chapter in the the PMBOK, you know, the Project Management Handbook is talk to the people who you're delivering the product to because you may feel you have delivered it, but until they sign off and agree that they've accepted what they asked for, you you didn't deliver what you know you you've said you're out to do. So whether that's a gym membership or progress in someone's health or you're building a skyscraper, at the end of the day, the guy buying it needs to be happy about what he's received. So that was uh, that was primary for me.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Now, something that you've mentioned a couple of times. So I'm, I'm sure it is very important to you that I want to hit on. You said longevity is one of the big things that you focus on. And because of that, you need to have retention. You need to keep people coming back day after day, month after month, because as much as you can transform somebody's lives in six, eight, 12, 12 weeks a year. It will go back. We will all regress to whatever our pre-fitness state was, or most of us will, without that continued focus. So again, being a, a data-driven analytical type, are you tracking actual retention or attrition month over month? And, and are you comfortable with saying you know, where you are as far as that goes as a, a membership on the whole and, and how you do that?
5: Yeah, I mean, we have uh, t- t- two bits of data help us kind of support the the longevity piece. And, and this is a bit of a tangent, but it all ties back. So bear with me. I think, you know, one of the strengths of, of CrossFit is that whether you like it or not, um, and whether you use it or not, at some point in your journey, you're going to pull open that little app, we use Tribe, uh, and you're going to record your score because everyone else is doing it. And people like to see their improvement um day after day week after week year after year like you said so what we often find helps facilitate the longevity of membership a little bit different than the longevity of i want to improve someone help help someone's health so they can get off the toilet when they're 80 rather than being a walker i mean that's kind of the, the primary goal but you know keeping them there facilitates that from the other perspective which is um everyone catches that competition bug a little differently. Some people compete against themselves Some people compete against their peers, but at the end of the day, I just want them to see progress. And when I know I'm winning is when someone says, Hey, you know, I feel like my deadlift hasn't improved or my time on Murph or whatever metric you're using hasn't improved. And, you know, that's when you say, well, it could be what you're eating. How much are you sleeping? Um, you know, you kind of those ancillary services that you offer kind of can pile on and say, you know, I can help with that that and we can have an improvement or how come this lady over here is killing me and she's five years older or whatever the case may be drawing examples from other members and for people's personalized helps them get into a state of mind where they want to get the get off the toilet longevity when they're 80 but it keeps them around so that they can accomplish that and showing them that path as far as data is concerned um, yeah we do track it we have a member management piece of software that that tells us who left and who came and Uh, we've experienced really strange exponential growth kind of coming back from covid and that's i guess normal for for many gyms um we like to think it's uh, partly due to our our strength in our community and a little bit of marketing but at the end of the day you know people are coming to us from all walks of life because things are finally okay or okayer, i guess if that's a word than they were six months ago uh we've been shut down three times and this was we're hoping is the last one so I think a lot of people are feeling that but um, I would say you know normal turnover we have a lot of young professionals who, who go to the university or locally and then you know off they go to start their lives in some other community, uh, wherever they, they, they place in terms of their job. Um, that aside, I would say uh, very low, you know, in the sort of what you'd expect in any organization, five to 6% would be a pretty normal number. Um, and, and sometimes it's not a fit, right? Um, sometimes you have to fire clients as much as they leave you. And, uh, you know, you experience both as an owner and, and you end up keeping the people, I think, that are in it to win it uh, in the long run.
1: Yeah, perfect. And, and if you are in that 5 to 6% attrition rate month over month, that does definitely put you a little bit above average. So if you have that feeling that you know you're losing less than what you might see in the industry, I think that's accurate. And it's a number that not a lot of people track or maybe not enough people track because as your membership grows, that number gets magnified. Right. And a lot of people are cool at 10% when they have 50, 60 members, and they're bringing in 10 new people a month, because the net number goes up, goes up, goes up. But just like you say, you know, oh, somebody will come to you and say, my deadlift isn't improving. And I've been doing all the workouts and showing up and and all that. And you say, you know, how is your how's your sleep? How's your nutrition? The same thing happens to us in business where you say, oh, my my revenue isn't increasing or my my number of um, clients isn't increasing, but I have the same amount of people coming in that hasn't changed. And it's like, well, as you grow that, that percentage gets magnified and there's always a a equilibrium point. So people sometimes miss that until it, until it smacks them in in the nose. And then it's like, Oh, all right. So I've got to change one or both of these things and really look at it and And it's one of those numbers that's, that's super, super important to track. So you did talk a little bit about coaches and have in developing a staff so that you could run more uh, management uh, for yourself and Cody and, and oversee and not have to be right there You know, spending all your hours on the floor, which is fun. And I'm sure that there isn't an owner out there probably that doesn't want to still run some classes and maybe, maybe a little bit sadistic, who knows what makes us want to be CrossFit coaches, but how many coaches do you have and where does that put you as far as capacity as you are still growing? Yeah,
5: we, we have 10 coaches now. I would say uh, six are, you know, taking on a a good number in terms of hours or classes per week. And then we kind of have four that ramp up and down depending on uh, the time of year, the time of week, that sort of thing. So we have kind of the more casual handle our Saturdays, and, um, you know, the odd uh, portion of a weeknight or during the summer, we have uh, some folks who are educators and they have a lot more free time in the summer, for example, and that relieves us more in the in the peak period. And then we have the five or six that have just kind of always been there and uh, they have their dedicated either half day or day that they they manage the schedule and, uh, you know, gives everyone a different uh, flavor of uh, of coaching and approach to the programming. It's the same programming class over class. Uh, hour after hour but um, it's amazing how much a different coach can put a spin on it really you know change the experience for a member
1: for sure absolutely so with the staff that you have in the mix are any specific trainers doing the bulk of your additional services small group personal training or is that scattered amongst them pretty evenly
5: uh, not all of them do personal training. There's, there's only a couple that have have taken that on. It's it's one of the areas of business when we get there that actually I feel. Uh, we could definitely focus on more and, and obtain more revenue from, um, I think in a lot of the cases we give away the coaching and the the, the progression and that sort of in the class, which is fine. Uh, but there is many now that have uh, kind of been talking and wanting the personal training and it's something we need to grow. So primarily there's two coaches taking care of that of the 10, uh, The one of the other owners, Cody, or the other owner, Cody, and uh, a, a gentleman we actually just took on as a coach not that long ago because he has a background in that. Piece. So primarily PTs on them, uh, and then we have another uh, person or two that's primarily, you know, CrossFit plus kids, and then we have others that all take a piece of sort of the other elements of the business. Uh, two of us are kind of have, you know, powerlifters by 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 hobby, I guess, more than anything. Uh, you know, you got the card, but not necessarily doing comps, but helping folks with those movements. And then we have others that are whose um, strength are on the weightlifting or more competitive on that side. Perfect.
1: So has it? Is with the CrossFit world, and you said it, you alluded to it, we like to give away the coaching. We're just all, we get in it and we just want to be so corrective and assistive and observant that sometimes that percentage of clients as as a whole who take PT can be a little lower than what we see like on an industry average. Do you have an idea of what percentage of your clientele are, are regularly partaking in PT? You know, not just the occasional skill session. Is it, would you say that it's you know pretty low, low maybe three low. to five percent? Yeah.
5: Yeah, even less than I think. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's a great opportunity that we're sure. not. I don't think leveraging as much as we could.
1: Yeah, and it's tough in that CrossFit world because there's a certain expectation. So you really have to hone in on it. It doesn't. It doesn't happen naturally. They don't. You don't have members just saying hi, hi, can I can I have some PT? Because the, the coaches are always so giving. So totally understandable about that. So you said that since you've reopened, you've had some pretty good growth. Um, is that still continual? Like how many new members are you seeing on a, let's say a monthly basis right now?
5: I'd say for July and August, uh, we've probably had over 20 a month. August has always been a good month for us though. I think, you know, as people settle like i said we have a a large contingent of um you know educators and uh paramedics and nurses and that sort of thing that you know their 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 life gets more back to normal everyone's does when you're when your kids go back to school so now that there's that light at the end of the tunnel that the kids may actually be in class and, and you know next week i think they will be hopefully um you know people are are coming to us and always have in august but definitely definitely more so this year um Partly due to a shift, uh, what we found is COVID really uh, realigned our um our expectations of of you know what a new member looks like or at least their demographic of what a new member looks like so previously you know the people who did crossfit or started that way really found it interesting to see what was going on on the other end of the gym and kind of progressed to either put weightlifting or powerlifting or you know it was a flavor uh that they tried and then you know they 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 did something else um the danger or the reality we faced with you know with powerlifters specifically or you know, more competitive CrossFitters that we had in our membership pre, you know, beginning of COVID, um, they know their way around the equipment, the workouts, that sort of thing. So, you know, when you're forced to go down to the store and buy everything and, you know, a moment's notice when everything shut down, uh, we found those folks didn't necessarily all come back. Um, the second shutdown was a little different and and by the third and by the reopening, um, and I was telling uh, someone else this earlier, you know, you, you, the global gym people that are really nervous about or haven't been getting the results they want or have heard through word of mouth that, you know, the the, the free coaching that happens or the guidance that happens in a CrossFit environment um, gets results. And it, and, it, and it does if you if you keep at it. Um, you know, lots of reasons have pulled them away. Uh, they either didn't know what they're doing in a global gym, or they're not happy with sharing, you know, a bathroom with 500 people they don't know, or whatever the case may be. I mean, people are a lot more aware of their environment, or maybe they're just not happy with, you know, how that particular gym is handling um, you know, the return after COVID and what I think people are more comfortable with is I like that. I know the guy that I work out with every morning at 5:15, 15, I know his family life or her family life. I know that they wear their mask when they go to the grocery store or whatever makes them comfortable. Um, it, it, it's, it's a much tighter, um, community obviously. And I think, uh, more trusting in that regard. And then that's partly also what facilitates the results is just kind of knowing and keeping an eye out for one another. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's been the shift. And I think that's definitely bringing us more. So what we lost for people who kind of did the home approach, I'm confident they'll be back at some point. Cause I mean, I, I can't do it, uh, not for long anyway, <laughs> but, um, I also, I got know enough to how to train myself and, you know, I'll pop into the odd logo gym once in a while. Uh, but to do that consistently and, and get the results most people are looking for, like coaching is, is definitely valuable. So that's, that's our angle.
1: All right. So you've had you're saying the last couple of months anyway, and it totally makes sense with the back to school and people not traveling because even though things aren't fully reopened there have been there have been more options, right? People were cooped up for a while. So this was a worldwide, you know, record setting tourist season. Um, and then school going back. So it makes sense. So let's say that number keeps growing. You have 10 coaches in some sort of rotation. The building is about 3,000 square feet or the training space about 3,000 square feet. Where is the next cap for you as far as clients go? And is it based on your coaching? Is it based on your space? Where do you see that number being able to go if growth continues the way it is, especially in your, your group classes?
5: I mean, there's a couple angles we're exploring. The, the primary one is just getting over this government imposed capacity limit, right? Um, we, once we can have more people in the room, uh, we'll definitely be able to take more people in. Uh, we've gotten to a point now where when new members approach or are interested, we, we first and foremost ask them, which class were you liking because that one's tough to get in and we have to be very open. Uh, most will find a different time slot, and others will move on. But um, honesty, obviously, is going to get us there. So what we need to do and uh, what we what we have to do first is uh, add classes to a schedule. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we're a very um, unique in that we have a very uh, good all day open gym schedule. So you can come in and use a platform or use uh, you know, half the rig uh, during uh, a time when there isn't a class uh, those uh, time periods may be reduced in order to facilitate more classes. But it seems like we're very much a morning gym and then an evening gym kind of midday has always been great for PT and that sort of thing. And that's probably global. Um, so so really all we have left is, improve, you know, add capacity. Um, and we have the coaches to do that. That won't be a problem. It's more so uh, finding a way in which we can have simultaneous open gym and classes, which we used to have pre- previous to the capacity limits. So once those are lifted, uh, that should be no problem. And then finally, you know, always kind of having your ear to the ground. Uh, we have a great landlord. Uh, it's a big building, and you know, every so often space comes up, and uh, we're always looking to um, you know bend his ear if we're if we're close to making.
1: So as that goes, if this resurgence slows down, uh, because it sounds like that's all been pretty organic, right? Just people hearing about you, Googling, finding you on social media. Has that been basically the only thing you're using currently is just whatever organic word of mouth referral marketing? Is that all all that you'd attribute it to? Or, Or are you right now doing paid marketing?
5: Uh we, we've, we've actually tried paid marketing with limited success, and we, and we primarily push it for our, you know, coached CrossFit program that, we, you know, we've done in the past. We, we push it for, we have a seminar on how to perfect, you know, the three weightlifting movements or the three primary powerlifting movements. Those sorts of things we'll market. Uh, we won't necessarily market come join CrossFit. Um, part of the reason we pay an affiliation fees because CrossFit, you know, kind of does market itself in terms of, if you're interested in the sport, you're going to watch Rich Froning on TV and you're going to decide that you want to try that, um, then you're going to talk about where is it locally. And then you're going to ask a few friends, maybe, Hey, you know, I've narrowed it down to these three. Does any of you go to, or have anyone they know that goes to this one? So word of mouth in a way, um, leveraging our affiliation, hopefully to drive people who want to, or are intent about driving this sport, just like our powerlifting and weightlifting, because it's so limited in the area kind of has a reputation. We, we, we think we've done the same with CrossFit. We're very, uh, I think we have a very different approach. Our pricing uh, is very different than our local competition, our uh, unlimited nature and unlimited open gym uh, for our pricing. One price, everything access. Uh, we're not looking to nickel and dime. We just want people to come and improve and you know create that longevity. So uh, that's got noticed. And uh, most people, by the time they come in the door, have said, I called other places that are closer to me, but I came here because I've heard this or they want to save money either way. I'm happy to have them, but I think they appreciate um, the passion of our coaches and the value they're getting, uh, regardless of the dollar figure. But uh, it's definitely been a, a feedback <laughs> comment that we get often is that, you know, we shopped around and this was the value we wanted.
1: Yeah, and you you set your prices and and they're right there on your website. You know, that's a, that's a big thing that comes up. Do I put my price on my website? Do I not? And as long as you're content and confident feeling like you can present the value that comes with them, I think that, you know, it's just fine to do it. There are pros and cons, both sides, but they're right there on your website. You know, you're $150 a month Canadian, right? So for us, for us down here in the States, that's about 120 right now. So not super far off. 20,
5: 25 bucks US. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Six six, (laughs) uh, wooden nickels. (laughs) <laughs> um, and three loonies right so uh yeah so you have it right there you know all inclusive is this if you just want power lifting it's this uh and then you have your nutrition services you basically have everything laid out there so that is one thing that will help to screen people out like people Absolutely. people will still undoubtedly contact you and say what are your rates well you we're yes they're on our website but here they are uh but it does Give the person who's doing the research the tool to compare based on what they believe. Right? It's always our job to, you know, let the client know what exactly we're going to get when they reach out. So I think it's interesting because people always wonder: Do I post my rates? Do I don't? Either way, you know, pick what works for you and see what happens. But that kind of leads me into the process. What process do you have in place? Into what degree is it choreographed? Once somebody raises their hand and says, Z, I I want to get more fit. I want my life to be better. I want my clothes to fit better. I don't want to run out of breath chasing my kids. What is your process once somebody raises their hand and says they're interested?
5: This has actually changed a lot lately. Uh, and I, I didn't mention it when when we talked about sort of what, what have we added since I've come on board, but uh, Cody and I sat down a lot. And we tried a lot of approaches, we've looked at and spoken to actually other gym owners in the area, and everyone around here seems to have a very different way of handling or onboarding, as we call it, new members. Um, We actually took a very different approach, and I think partly it was facilitated by COVID. So the first question we often get, if people actually uh, look at the website, to your point, you still get the phone calls. Um, If they look, uh, inevitably one of the first questions is, can I come see and can I try? Uh, So we started to push back on that a lot. Uh, And we, you know, admittedly used COVID as a bit of a crutch there. We said, hey, you know what, we have a capacity limit. Uh, You can't just walk in the door and want to see the facility while 10 people that are allowed to be here are trying to get through a class. Um, We also found over time that inevitably the person that comes to try a free class, well, they pick the day with a coach who happened to be in a bad mood while we're trying to learn snatching. You know, not a great day to come in and try, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes as I speak here, uh, CrossFit, because the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to run out of that building pretty darn scared. Um, And not not a good movement, very complicated one. I mean, I know Olympic athletes have been trying to snatch for 10 years and still don't have a medal around their neck. There's no way you're going to get it in 45 minutes. So that's kind of what made us step back and say, okay, how do we get people in? Well, not just increasing revenue, but more about that longevity. So for us, longevity equals health equals revenue and happy customers, right? So for me, what we started to do is say, we don't want $300, which scares the crap out of most people. Uh, Just as a rewind, Hamilton is like the Canadian version of pittsburgh right we are a steel town uh it's particularly in the east end uh, of the city where we're at the east mountain you know we have a lot of new arrivals to the country people who are working in foundries uh very blue collar uh there is parts of the city that are very You know, medical research and and hospital and government agencies. Uh, But our part has always been kind of people who, you know, it's not as easy to give away 150 bucks in our end of town as it is maybe in the West End. So um, we've been very aware of that. So when you put something on your website like $300 and you're going to sit with a coach one-on-one for X number of sessions, and then at the end of that, you're going to be super awesome at CrossFit and you're going to fit right into class and you're going to love it. Um, That's great if it's true. And it did work for some, but most importantly, and most obviously to us, they were terrified of one, giving up $300 and two spending a time with someone else one-on-one that's going to be what they think judgmental rather than helpful uh, and kind of put a flashlight or a spotlight on their, you know, deficiencies as an athlete or as a CrossFitter or as someone who's just not physically fit. And uh, we didn't like it. And honestly, our our members didn't love it either. Um, so we stopped. And what we've been doing instead is, Kind of the spiel, right? It's a cut and paste email. Anytime someone says, hey, I want to try a class. Hey, I'm in town. I want to do this. First, we say, sorry, we've transitioned to a bit of a private club due to COVID. We only have X number of seats available or spots available in the gym for a class. So my members who have supported me all through this pandemic, I can't tell them, hey, get out. Some new guy wants to try. Uh, That's the first thing. And everyone understands that. And actually, if they're worried about COVID still, they actually appreciate it. And then what we say is, here's the thing. We don't make you sign a contract. We don't ask you to pay 12 months in advance. We don't do any of that. What we would like you to do, though, is join for a month. It's 30 days. On day 29 at the 11th hour, if you say, this isn't for me, I'm not going to take any more money from you. We're not going to hold you into some 30-day <laughs> you know, notice period. We're just going to say, take 30 days worth of classes, come as much as you like, and then We'll we'll tell you if we're a fit for you, and you'll tell us if we're a fit for you, and it's all going to become very obvious in a very short period of time. Alternatively, there's the 10 pack again, better than that one snatch class that everyone dreads, right? They they can come a number of times. What that happens is what happens there is they meet several coaches, uh, hopefully many. Uh, they meet uh, they meet. <laughs> they they see a lot of the movements. They get to understand our program. They learn how to use the app. They more importantly see the people who they're going to be standing next to each day and where they've come from as far as their fitness journey. There'll be some new people with them that are like, Hey, it's my second class. Welcome to your first. And this is my name. Or they'll see people that have been there. And I love these, these people the most five years, you know, six years into their training and, and they can look at that person and say, wow, you know, did you suck as bad as I did (laughs) six years ago? Or I do. And, and, and they take comfort in the fact that everyone started somewhere and everyone got better. And our motto has always been like, let's just get everyone improving one percent a week let's teach everyone something each week and if they learn something new or add weight or get faster at something each week or meet someone that's a that's an improvement as well that's a metric did you meet someone new did you make a new friend or did you get to know the person that's standing next to you today all those things happen with time not with an intro one-on-one locked away with some guy that wants to be your coach uh i i Never love the model. I would never do it myself. Um, guys are bad because, you know, we think we know everything, maybe a little bit more than some of the other people that that come in. And yeah, it just didn't work for us. Kudos to those that pull it off. But for us, it was never a win.
1: And how long have you been using that model?
5: Um, we got aggressive with it um, just before... Uh, actually COVID, what we, what we, we did the 10 pack method sort of before COVID. And then during COVID we did the, you know, join for a month and, and see how it is because we just, we built our own pandemic plan that stated we will not allow non-members in the gym just to keep everyone safe. So, you know, the way around that is become a member and in you come and, and, you know, we'll see how you like it. So it worked, worked pretty well.
1: So you use that opportunity as a time to pivot and implement that and so far, so good.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of the people, I mean, this is where it gets, you know. This is where being a business owner and being a person and someone who used to be a, a client, um, you know, there's. And this might sound terrible, and forgive forgive me for those out there that have spent a, a career building customer service uh, expertise. But you know, we came to the realization that sometimes the customer isn't right. Um, you know, there is feedback that we we received. I, I have to listen. Uh, sorry. You're entitled to tell me. I don't have to listen, uh, and that's always kind of been my motto with every aspect of life, whether it's my real job or you know this this thing I do on the side for for fun and to help others. Uh, you know, we we heard other opinions, and uh, we thought we had the most success with this one. And we actually found that some of our more um, you know legacy members were actually you know preventing the, the preventing the facilitation of new people coming in. And there was always you know every gym has the group or the person or you know the name maybe the naysayer that would run it better if it was theirs but um what it gave us the opportunity was here everyone sit down partner you know take Cody's coaching experience take the business knowledge put them together involve the coaches that was something that was really new uh as well and really kind of set up a model that worked um there was a lot of fear that uh this model would take away from the experience of others so a new guy comes in needs a lot of attention from the coach but we used pivot or we used COVID as the pivot point because as the classes had to be smaller and everyone had to be kind of in their own area and doing the right things, um, the coach had more time and less people and was able to do that. Whereas before it would have been chaos in a class of 20 without, you know, booking apps and, and restrictions in space and that sort of thing. So it made sense to do it now. I don't want to say that <laughs> we used COVID as an excuse, but it definitely uh, gave us a breath, if that's a better word. It gave us the breathing room to try it.
1: So you have a very clear picture of who you are, what you're doing, who you want your ideal clients to be. And in this situation, in the space, with the team that you have now, what are the big picture, long-term goals for you as the owner of, of the gym and for the gym itself?
5: Yeah, I think, I think growth. Uh, I hear a lot of the guys you have on here talk about, you know, I don't know, lack of a better term franchising or another location um we're in a tight spot uh, again your, your knowledge of canadian geography might be there but for some of the listeners you know um, toronto is a city that's 45 miles or 65 ish kilometers from us there's 3 million people that live there of the 35 million people that live in canada um I believe 40 to 50% of them live within hundred miles of that city called Toronto. And we're, we're in that range. So there is no shortage <laughs> of gyms uh, and, and opening another one right next door to another one is just not something we're, we're looking to be um, doing anytime soon. Now if something goes uh, belly up and there's an opportunity to swoop in and, uh, you know, start with a client base and, and, bring our flavor to it. That's, that's never off the table, but right now uh, we feel the markets um, it's tight uh what we would rather do is just grow our space and offer uh more and simultaneous uh products at the same time so right now it's like alternating and everything happens but all at different times and all the different groups ideally we'd have a bigger space where we can do some of it together and just have that cross-pollination and have you know dedicated areas in in a bigger facility to do more Uh, that's that's my dream anyway is to you know double the space or, or grow that way
1: all right, so for, for our listeners who may be hearing this far in the future, uh, it's August 31st, 21, we're recording this. Delta variant is still out there. It's it's the monster under the closet, but, you know, uh, Battlefield is doing well, is healthy, and progress is on the horizon. And as you said, it may just be maximizing your one location, You're maybe in a different spot physically, but your main gym COVID aside, what would you say the biggest hurdle you have is that you have to cross to get to that long-term vision of maybe doubling your space, adding more services, and just maximizing the impact you can have on the
5: community? I think just, you know, we we have been relying on on word of mouth, and I think we, we definitely have opportunities uh, for... Um, you know, leveraging our marketing a little bit differently. Uh, the other thing I mentioned earlier too was the the PT, the personal training. I don't want to become that gym that looks to build, um, you know, people who are going to be Uber competitive because they come with their own sets of challenges. But I want to have a place where people can do that and maybe dedicate some time and space to them. So a little bit of everything. And the biggest thing I need to conquer, uh, quite frankly. And we had some luck with a local uh, gym closing near us and we picked up a lot of those members. And that's actually been great because their word of mouth was, wow, that CrossFit's not that bad and it's not terribly unlike the boot camp I used to go to. And, you know, they keep saying that if I keep lifting this barbell, I'm going to get stronger. And yeah, you know what? Now I can squat. and Now I can do whatever. My golf games improve. They're drawing parallels to their real life of, you know, where that strength's coming in handy. And that's taken a bit, but we're there. And now I just need to figure out how to tell the rest of the world that, hey, drop that boot Cam, or you know maybe walk away from that global gym and come try this because you know what it's not big bad and scary. Not every guy that comes in a CrossFit gym looks like Matt Fraser, or Rich Froning and is going to walk around you know doing arm curls and and scary things that that might take people away. And we just did a bit of a reset in terms of damn it, data guy um, as you picked up. You know we recognize half our clients are female, just slightly more than half actually, and we recognize that the majority are 35 plus. Um, you know, there is younger people, but for the most part, the people we're getting are, um, you know, people with a career, people with kids and people who just want to get healthy. So we got to get that nutrition, get that longevity and get all that packaged up, uh, in a way that gets communicated, um, by us for us and, and is translated through our coaches, through our marketing and all that together.
1: Perfect. So it sounds like, you know, what you're going to be attacking You'll figure out that plan of attack. And I think if we can do a revisit in a year or two down the road, I think you're going to be much closer to that end goal than you are now. So we're coming to a close as far as time goes. But Z, before we let you go, where can people find you, find Battlefield, social media, websites? Where are you in the electronic online world?
5: Just easy. All one word, CrossFit Battlefield. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That's uh, everything. The website's just that.com um Yeah, check us out. We're uh, got lots of great uh, images of our people succeeding in uh, in this journey, and we're proud to share them.
1: All right. Well, thanks for your time today. Thanks to all of you out there, Jim Ward's Nation. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Get notified of new episodes. Leave us a review if you'd like to be on the show. There's a link in the description. Click that link. Fill out the form. Someone from the team will contact you ASAP. Till next time. Take care. Keep changing lives.
0: We'll see you soon, Jim Ward's.